Hello all! <laughs> it's great to be here today. And uh, our young people are with us this morning. Let's show our love and appreciation to our young people. Let's give them a round of applause. We love you guys. <laughs> well, uh, it's great to be uh, able to share this morning and to uh, round off a series that's been looking at beauty of a transformed life. That not only are we called to know God called to live in freedom, called to grow in community, but we are also called to make a difference. Amen? Amen. Okay, and so um, not only do we manage to get our own lives transformed, but we have the privilege of being able to see the lives of those around us transformed too. So this session will conclude our series and look at together making a difference. Now, Primarily, this is a message for us as believers, um, but for those here this morning that have yet to give your lives to Jesus, may I say, you know, God has purposed you here, and God loves to invade your life and bring life and purpose and truth and destiny, and there will be opportunity at the end of this message to give your life to Jesus. Um, I wonder how we are doing at making a difference, how we are individually and collectively making a difference in the world around us. Perhaps this is something that you find easy to do. Um, Perhaps even this week you've encouraged someone who's been hurting or reached out to someone in need or prayed for healing in someone's life. Perhaps you've sacrificed time and energy in order to sow love into others and bring something of God's unconditional love. Perhaps you've comforted someone in mourning, perhaps you've wiped away a tear, perhaps you've brought life to the vulnerable, to the abandoned, to the rejected. For others, perhaps we find it a little more challenging. Perhaps life is very much stressed and busy and time is this factor and we find it very difficult to actually make the difference. Perhaps we feel like we need to be on the receiving end of someone making a difference in our life. Wherever we're at today, um, let's look at how we can make a difference in the world around us. It is a critical component of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. The, The knowing God, the living in freedom, the growing in community is transformative work in our life, but it's the making a difference out there that brings brings transformation to the world at large. And before We look at the life of Peter uh, and learn how it is that we can make a difference together. I just want to share a little testimony that I believe God wants to speak through this morning. Uh, Just to frame some of the stuff that I will be teaching. Uh, I was on a a retreat day about four years ago, just praying into my future. And I'm in my car overlooking this field. Uh, There's this river and I'm there, you know, waiting to hear from God. And what I see is this dog that chases these two sheep right across this field and runs them basically into a river, into this boggy part of this river. And I'm sat there in the car and this dog's just barking and snarling at these sheep. And I'm like, well, that's strange behavior for a sheepdog, right? I thought, I'm going to take a closer look. So I got out my car and I jumped this fence. And um, not being able to speak dog, I'm like kind of like, like, shoo, you know. I'm like, get away, get away. 
I kid you not, this dog just turned his attention to me, was like foaming at the mouth. I kid you not. And it started to come towards me. And I'm wary of animals at the best of times. I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm ready to hop over this fence. And I see this big stick on the floor. And so I pick it up. And I'm like, shoo, get away. Get away, get away. This dog was like well hard. <laughs> like it just held its ground. And I'm like, go, go. Eventually, the dog backtracked and it ran off. And I thought, yes, ah, save the day, you know. I get back in the car and I'm like, sorry, Lord, would you speak? And do you know what? I noticed like 20 minutes later that I hadn't seen those sheep go back up the field. And I couldn't see them from where I was, so I went and had a closer look. And sure enough, these two sheep were exactly where they were, about a meter from this fence that I kept jumping in this bog. And as I looked at these sheep who were just there going, I thought either they are in such fear that they are unable to move or they're stuck. And I thought, they're stuck. And, and, and kind of something in me was like, well, I, I've got to try and do something. I'm in the middle of nowhere. So I scale along this fence and I reach out and put my, my hand on the, the little one, the baby, and, and I'm pulling and pulling on its fur. And it's like, like, I'm like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, like, the, the, the thing plops out. And I'm like, oh, and I pull it in. I mean, it's really heavy and I'm covered in this black, stinky sludge, right? And I'm scaling back along the fence and I put it down. And the little sheep just looks what I believe is its mum and goes, ma, and then looks at me, ma. And I'm like, there is no way I can sort your mum out. Like, she's four times your size. And it looked at me and I thought, I've got to try, you know. So I kind of went along this fence and I put my my hand on this sheep and, and I pulled and I pulled and it was hopeless. And then I saw, just sticking out of the mud, the other side of the sheep, this little pole about that big, sticking out about an inch. And the thought crossed my mind, I wonder if it will take my weight. And so it was one of those kind of do or die moments. I'm holding on to this fence. It's either going to work or it's not. And, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And, and I put my foot on this pole and it wobbled, but it took my weight. And what it enabled me to do was get both hands on the sheep. And I began to pull on the fur on this sheep. And it was in that moment when God just so powerfully spoke. And he said, Phil, I have called you to save my lost sheep. In that moment, I just began to shake in the power of the Holy Spirit. I began to sob. And I'm like, I'm going to save you now. And I'm like, shunting it forward. And eventually the sheep was freed and they ran off up the field. But you know, in that, in that moment, God spoke very clearly. And it's, if we are going to make a difference in the world around us, then God was saying the dog represented the enemy. And we've got to come up against the enemy. We've got to wake up to the spiritual battle that we are in for the lost. You see, as we intentionally go, as we intentionally rescue lost sheep, we will come against enemy attack. The Bible says our struggle is not against uh, principalities and powers, but against the rulers of this dark age, Okay. Peter says, doesn't he, in 1 Peter 5, be on your guard for the enemy prowls around like a lion waiting for someone to devour. I believe the enemy has backed people into a place where they are stuck and they are unable to help themselves unless we as God's people go to them, go on a rescue mission and bring the life-transforming love of Jesus to those that are stuck. (laughs) You see... 
The enemy throws all the lies, all the accusations, all the deceptions at people and we wallow around stuck in, in believing these things that are just not true and so depression and fear and anxiety sets in, self-harm and all these issues that people have to face today. We don't have to look far, do we, to see the work of the enemy at work. At Soul Survivor, there was a seminar, a festival for young people. Normally, you get about 200 people at a seminar. This one seminar entitled, I Hate Myself, there was over 800 young people. And right there, you see the spiritual battle that we are fighting. We see the lies that we've got to come against with the name of Jesus at which the enemy flees and bring bringers of truth and justice and righteousness and mercy. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world, but on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons you and I fight with are weapons of love, of worship, of justice, of mercy, of righteousness. The the, the weapons of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the weapons we fight with, right? And you see, God has a purpose for each one of us to make a difference, but we've got to recognize this is a spiritual battle and we need to be declaring the name of Jesus over our city, over our communities, over our region, over our schools, over our young people. I actually felt in preparation for this that there were some here this morning that feel like you yourself, you're in that bog, that you're trapped yet you found yourself here this morning. I want you to know there is a saviour. There is a way out and his name is Jesus. (laughs) And he's come to rescue you this morning. And we've seen lives change this morning. I'm saying if you feel stuck in that bog, allow Jesus to rescue you this morning. What I also felt God say was that, do you know what? As As we go intentionally to make a difference, we've got a dream for the impossible. We've got to go after the, all things that are possible through Christ who gives us strength, right? And as I was going after the mum's sheep, God reminded me, Phil, you know, God will provide us exactly what we need at exactly the right time to get the job done. The pole was God's provision, no more, no less. I want you to know as we go, let's trust in God for his provision. Let's not go because we can't see in the natural how it can be possible. Let's believe for the all things possible in Christ. Yeah, God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. But let's go. Let's go. And so... We press on, we press forward, we enter unknown territory, we we scale rickety fences, we take dangerous paths, we go where we might feel alone and afraid, that we may trust in God for his provision as we go obediently to him. And finally, also the car, you know, there I was waiting for God to speak in the car, I want you to know, if you want to encounter the presence of our Lord Almighty, Let's go to the mission field. Let's go where it's dangerous, where it's mucky, where it's dirty. Let's go where we scale the fences. There we experience something of the miraculous provision and presence of God. (laughs) And so, there's two things that I want to say from the life of Peter that helps us understand how we can make a difference and how we can engage in mission together. We see two processes, two models at work. One, we have this come and see component, an opportunity to reach the world around us, to reach our spheres of influence, to reach those that are near, that we have relationship with, that we're connected with, relational evangelism. 
where we can join a journey of our peers and those around us to Jesus. But we also have our ability to make a difference through a go and share. The opportunity to share Jesus with the masses. The opportunity to share Jesus with the world at large that we might reap a harvest in Jesus' name. And so the first thing we see with Peter is this come and see model process at work that that Andrew, his brother, invited him to come and see Jesus. And so I picked this up in John 1, 35 to 42. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what Jesus said and who had followed him. The first thing Andrew did, say first thing, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon Peter and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was find his brother and bring him to Jesus. May I encourage us, the first thing we do is bring people to Jesus. I wonder, I wonder who the Peters are in our life. I wonder who the people are that God is inviting us to invite to come and to see. Who is the the work colleague that seems heartbroken that God is asking us to invite, come and see, come and meet Jesus? Who is the, the parent on the school run, anxious and stressed, that needs the love of Jesus? Who is the child that seems to need the unconditional love of someone in their life? Who, who is the Peter to us? Who is God calling us to say, hey, come and see. Come and meet the Messiah. We've found the Messiah. Who is God calling us to bring to Jesus? Uh, and, and how do we do that? Like, It's not as if Jesus is walking through Queen's Gate, you know, come and see Jesus. Let me say, there is something powerful about the presence of God as we as his people come together, amen? Where where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And so we can invite people to come and see. We, We are so blessed with this amazing church. So blessed with God's provision to us. Let's invite people. Come. Come to Alpha. Come to Life Group. Come and see. Come to Sunday service. And in doing so, we not only see people come, we see lives transformed. Amen? Lives transformed for Jesus. Um, I spent some time this week just reading some testimonies of, of those that have been baptized this year. And I was struck by this common thread throughout all these testimonies. Look, here's just a few of what people have said. My nan invited me and my mum to Kingsgate. I met a lady from Kingsgate who invited me to Grand Adults. 
My life was a mess and my friend invited me to Kingsgate. I was struggling with a few things in life, so a friend invited me to young adults. My daughter was at Kingsgate, so she invited me along. A work colleague invited me to Kingsgate. A friend invited me to their life group. My brother invited me to Alpha. And so the testimonies go on and on and on. And what happens? They go through the waters of baptism, declaring, you are my Lord. I surrender and lay down my life, and I choose to live afresh and anew in you. Amazing. Our invitation is powerful. I heard of a story just this week of, um, uh, from the, the Hampton Cluster who did a, a, like an alternative Halloween light party type thing and the child comes home with a box of Smarties and on it there's like an invitation to Kingsgate and so the father rocks up to Kingsgate the following week. He'd given his life many years ago but wasn't following Jesus and of course encountered something of the presence of Jesus in this place, loved it. Came back the following week with his wife and two kids who also loved it. Joined an alpha, joined a life group. And I hear only last week in life group has already invited loads to the Christmas services, right? Isn't that amazing? There is power in our invitation. Our invitation sees lives radically transformed. And do you know what an opportunity we have with, with Christmas? It's only three weeks away now. Three weeks away, invitations are out in the atrium. Let's invite, let's invite, let's invite. With the young people, we're putting on a a youth party beforehand on the Saturday night. Let me encourage you. Let's go and have a party, right? Let's put on some mince pies. Let's put on some turkey, some mulled wine, whatever you fancy. Let's invite people. Invite people and bring them here. Bring them in that they can see something of the presence of Jesus at work. It wasn't that long ago that we were looking at talking, the Talking Jesus research, and uh, that showed us that one in five adults want to go on a journey of faith. They want to encounter and experience God. And so, may our challenge be, let's invite at least five, right? Let's invite at least five that by God's grace, we might see one transformed, one encounter Jesus, one experiences love that changes everything. Let's invite, let's invite, let's invite. And so, Peter got saved on a a come-and-see basis. His brother brought him to Jesus. But it's not just enough for us to invite to come and see because by the end of the Gospels, what we see is that Jesus commands them to go and to share. And Matthew 28, the great commission of Jesus, rather important words before he ascends into heaven, his final words, Jesus says this from verse 16 of Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And surely I will be with you always till the very end of age, right? Isn't it exciting that as we go, we don't go alone, right? We go with the one in whom we can do all things. We go in the strength and the authority in the name of Jesus. What struck me when I I read this afresh for today was that, that 
in the midst of the disciples who have experienced the resurrected Jesus, even in that context, some doubted. (laughs) Do you have moments when we experience something of the miraculous and and before long our, our mind causes us to begin to doubt and begin to question, did I really see that happen? Did God really say that? Did God really do that? Don't think that because we have questions, because there are some doubts at work, that we cannot be used for great things in this call to go. Because amidst their doubts, Jesus called them to go and make disciples. And what happened, the worldwide spread of the gospel took place. Let's not render ourselves stagnant because of uncertainties in our mind. Let's be obedient to the call and the command of Jesus to go, to make disciples. The problem is, you see, when, when we go, that's when the boldness increases. That's when effectiveness increases. That's when faith increases. Let's go. Sadly, in Western Christianity, so often we don't like to go. In fact, you know, we're, we're quite reserved, aren't we? We kind of, this British culture, we, we quite like to stay where it's warm and cozy and comfortable and safe. Now, Let me just say, my heart is for the lost, right? I want to see lives changed and transformed. But without a doubt, we all have moments where we don't want to go. In fact, we have moments where where we want to run in the other direction. And and here's an example of just that. I'm with my wife in Elton having a romantic candlelit meal on a Friday night after a busy week sharing Jesus, doing kingdom things, you know. And it, it 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 was our moment. This is wonderful. And my wife, for those of you that know my wife, I mean, she's an incredible evangelist. And, and I tell you why. Because she loves people, and she loves people, and she loves people. You know, let love motivate us to see people saved. And anyway, she has this incredible prophetic gift. And uh, anyway, we're having this meal, and she goes, hmm. And I'm like, hmm. She's like, Mm. And do you know what? I knew what was coming. And I can, if I can be honest with you, I, I just wasn't in the mood. Like, I did not want a word from God in this moment. I did not want to be center of attention. I was just quite happy having my candle lit. In fact, I thought, God, how rude. You know, she's like, I just feel that God's saying. I'm like, no. She goes, I've got to go up to this guy at the bar and tell him all this prophetic word. And and I, 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 I was tired. And do you know what the evangelist said to her? I said, well, if, if you go, I'm just going to go to my car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She looked at me, rather gone out. Like, like, I was, and she said, well, 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 go on then. So off she went to deliver her prophetic word. And off I went to the car. And of course, you know, she speaks, God speaks, God moves, he cries. A divine encounter happens. God does his thing. And Emma comes out of the pub, you know. A halo on her head. <laughs> I looked at her and wanted to give her a holy head, but uh, no, no, I didn't. I thought, I thought, you idiot, Phil. Like, you idiot. I missed the God opportunity of the moment. Why? Because I was tired. Why? Because I wasn't in the mood. Why? Because this was my moment, my time. Why? All these reasons. And it's so easy for us to not go. Yet Jesus calls us and he commands us. Go and make disciples. You see, go and share is exactly what Peter did. First with the Jews on the day of Pentecost. In Acts 2, 
Peter preaches Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. And on that day, 3,000 were added to their number, right? The Spirit of God comes. In Acts 10, we see how Peter takes the gospel to the Gentiles, to Cornelius' house. The Holy Spirit again comes. And from that moment, it's realized that this gospel message, this greatest love story mankind has ever heard is, is for everyone. It's for everyone. And, and one Peter, uh, Peter says in 2 Peter that the Lord is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I wonder who the Gentiles might represent to us. Like, you know, the Jews were, were, were not allowed to go into a Gentile's house. They were certainly not allowed to bring the gospel. Who, who are the Gentiles to us? Who are the ones that we might be tempted to call impure or unclean or the ones that we might avoid associating with? Who perhaps are the outcasts of society? Who, who are the ones that God is calling us to get mucky and dirty to go and to reach? Because what we learn from Peter is that, that Peter reached both within his own culture, but also that well beyond. And so must we. You know, I, I think we've been very good at the come and see, inviting people through relationship. And Lord, all the more of that, let's invite like never before in this season. But there's multitudes out there that are not going to come through relationship. Multitudes that are trapped, that are stuck, who are finding there is no way out. Multitudes that we have to go to them, that we can go and share. And, you know, in this season, I believe that God's wanting us to get creative in how we pioneer that going and share peace. I believe we here, we're full of God-given passions, God-given anointing, stirrings of our heart, compassion for certain people types, for certain groups. You know, these are things that God has put in us. And I believe that this is a season to say, God, give me that pioneering spirit, that creativity. Lord, give me the ideas that I can go and share and reach those who otherwise will not come to know you. Lord, use me in this season. We saw in our recent Illuminate gig two weeks ago, we, we saw both of these processes, both of these models at work. Go and share and come and see. We went three mission teams out into 13 schools across the city. We, we saw in those moments, like young people handing in self-harm blades as they're choosing to live life a different way, as life and truth and purpose and hope came in. We saw young people, one year group was pretty much all in tears. I don't know what was going in that place, in this hall, but God was moving and lives were being changed. And so we went to them. We went and we shared and then we invited them, come and see. And here in this place, we saw 1,650 young people having an amazing time. And by God's grace, 1,300 making decisions to follow Jesus. Come on. <laughs> You see, let's believe for a generation to come to Jesus. All those around, not just young people, everyone. Let's believe for something of heaven to break out. Let's believe for a spiritual awakening to happen in this city, in this region. That we dare to believe for a culture shift as the love of Jesus is spread through you and I. As we all intentionally 
go. <laughs> as we go and we say, Lord, I want to make the moment, make the, the, the most of every opportunity every day for that divine encounter, for that God moment as, Lord, I surrender this day and say, Lord, show me. What is it would you have me do today? What would you have me do right now? And so I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Let's believe for a generation to come back to Jesus. Let's believe for our friends, for our families. I'm a prodigal. Let's believe. Let's pray them in in Jesus' name. Let's pray that we can go and rescue and see lives unstuck. Let's go where it's dangerous. Let's go where it's dirty. Let's go where it's messy. Let's continue in our praying and fasting and see the enemy flee at the name of Jesus because we recognize the battle that we're in. Amen. <laughs> and so we're going to have a short time to worship. And I just want to encourage you to be open to what God is saying to you right now in this moment. Because I believe God wants to release an impartation of the gift of evangelism, of the urgency of the call, of a fresh boldness that will see each moment live differently. And there are those here this morning that feel you are stuck in this bog. There are those of you this morning that have never surrendered your life to Jesus. Perhaps like the guy earlier from Hampton, you did at one stage, but you know you've not been following him. Well, I believe God's brought you here this morning because he wants to invade your life with his love and his grace and his truth and his purpose once more. For God has good works prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. <laughs> so as we worship in this next song, I just want to encourage you to be open. God, what would you say to me in this moment? Lord, stir my heart. There was a picture in the prayer meeting beforehand of, of tongues of fire resting on each one of us. That, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And we will be his witnesses. Let's be open to God moving, empowering us, filling us with boldness. Let's allow God to dust off some of the dreams, some of the, the callings that he's had on our life. Let's be open to pioneer fresh things for the kingdom. Let's worship God together and then there'll be an opportunity to give your life afresh to him, maybe for the first time. But there'll be a time where we can wade and be filled with God's spirit for impartation of the gift and call of evangelism to intentionally go. Let's worship the Lord together.